speaking of calling, I'm going to invite the Sazos up. Um, Katie and I met when when she was pregnant with little Benjamin, who's now how old? Five. So we've known each other five years, and um, it's been fun. And so she's going to start, and then Julio's going to finish. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. Yes. Be with you all here today. Uh, I was in Naperville, but it's been about four years right before we left for Columbia. Um, So it's great to be back. We had a wonderful time with the mission team last night, uh, just chatting and eating way too much food. Um, And once again this morning with the farmer family, uh, chatting and eating too much food. Um, So it's just wonderful to be here with you. Uh, My family, um, my husband Julio and our two children, uh, Sam and Ben, we are covenant missionaries uh, in uh, Colombia, and uh, we've been serving there for about three and a half years. Uh, so uh, we just wanted to share with you a little bit this morning about our journey and how God is at work in Colombia. Um, so we wanted to we wanted to invite you to take a little trip with us to to Colombia. You might have to use your imagination a little bit if you've never been there, um, but here's a map of Colombia. So we're going pretty far south on an airplane. <laughs> and uh, we're, the first, uh, our first stop is going to be to rural Colombia. So we are going to the countryside of Colombia, uh, where we have several covenant churches. And our first stop is going to be in a place called Elato. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a little motorcycle ride from the airport uh, to Elato. Uh, you can see Pastor Franklin and his wife and family uh, this is how they get around Elato and the dirt roads. Um, and they are pastors at a small local covenant church uh, where uh, the great majority of people who attend are actually children and youth. Uh, so they meet together for worship and Bible study and prayer and movie nights uh, in the evenings where when it's cooler or very, very early morning because uh, it is very hot in Elato. Um, and most of these people live off of picking cotton. Uh, when the cotton fields are ready to be picked. Um, so people like uh, Leonardo and um, Fernan, who are in their teens and early 20s, uh, are dreaming about a way of, of being able to, to receive more training and education. But for now, um, they are they're working in, in the cotton fields when it's that time of year. So, And then I'd like you to travel with me to um, a very different context, which is urban Colombia the city of Medellin, where Julio and I and our kids live. Uh, Medellin is a city of two and a half million people. So imagine lots of cars honking, motorcycles zooming by, buses um, riding alongside uh, motorcycles. And you'll meet Orlando and Mariana and and Pablo and Juliet, who are all young professionals. Uh, Most of them have finished university. They've had the privilege to study um, international business, uh, education, Uh, in economics. And uh, in the city of Medellin, they too are meeting at a covenant church and growing and learning together through through God's word and growing uh, in in different ways. So um, two different contexts, rural and urban, uh, but one uniting factor, and that is the power of the gospel that is at work um, in their lives. And and there's a verse that we'd like to share with you uh, from Romans. It's Romans 1, 14 to 16, and says, where I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. 
So I am eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the good news, for I am not ashamed about the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So in Colombia, we have seen God at work, the power of the gospel transforming lives in very tangible ways. Um, We are seeing God bringing people to himself and together in community uh, as he he makes disciples and deepens disciples. We have the privilege of being a part of a new covenant church uh, with young adults, university students, young professionals. And uh, just recently, we we, uh, were able to reconnect with a friend from the past, Tatiana. She is a young woman who, after five tries, finally was able to um, be accepted to medical school and fulfill her dream of being a doctor. Um, But in the process, Tatiana really lost her faith. Uh, she walked away from God and, and yet is in a place of, of seeking to reconnect with God. And, and she was with us one evening uh, with the young group of Nueva Vida Church Plant. And she said to us, she said, evangelize me. Evangelize me. I need to hear the gospel. I need to hear the gospel. Um, so this is just one of the ways that we see God at work in, in Medellin, in our context. And we see God at work also as he's calling um, and equipping leaders. We have the privilege of working uh, both in Medellin and around Colombia. Uh, Julio has the opportunity to work with people like Fernan and Leonardo in Elato. Um, they don't get to go to college. Uh, they don't have the funds or the means to go to college, but they are faithful attenders of the biblical and theological training institute that Julio has been um, helping to bring to them once a month, uh, and they are helping to lead their church in new ways. And then I also have the opportunity to work with uh, children's ministry leaders. That's one of my passions. And I just am so encouraged by the way that I see them um, reaching out to the most vulnerable in their communities, the children, and taking um, really very little resources that they have and creating the most beautiful, um, beautiful experiences for these kids. So that's one of the ways that I'm privileged to see God at work. And then lastly, we have the opportunity to see God at work um, really bringing healing and justice uh, to a country that's been broken and devastated by war and conflict. And uh, we have the opportunity with our boys to connect with uh, a boys' home called Casa de Paz, the House of Peace, where 13 young boys uh, who usually come from single mother homes or uh, maybe have lost both of their parents have the opportunity to live and be loved and go to school. And just recently, the Nueva Vida Church Plant has really started investing in the lives of these boys. They go once a month, and they use the talents that God has given them, whether it's art or education, to mentor and give these boys a new, uh, a new opportunity to learn and grow uh, in their faith as well. So it's, it's learning and growing and then going and acting and serving um, is how we see God at work in Colombia. So it's a, it's a privilege to be serving there. And now as we're here in the States for one year, we have the opportunity to um, visit churches like Naperville and just tell of how God's at work. Uh, we will be here for one year, and we will be in the process of returning to Columbia next July as long-term missionaries. So uh, the question is, a lot of times, how can we partner with you? And Naperville already partners with us in a great way in that you support us through your prayers, through your encouragement, through your um, financial support. And as individuals, we encourage you as well. Please be praying for us. Uh, you can sign up uh, at the table as you leave to receive our monthly prayer updates. Um, it's really an encouragement to us when we're struggling and down to get an email that says, you're in our prayers today. 
Um, so please join our prayer team. Uh, be informed about what God is doing in Colombia. You hear a lot of stuff in the news, and some of it may be true, but I can assure you that there's a lot of other stuff that's happening that God is doing. So um, read up on our newsletters. And if you would like to um, be a part of our support team, please come talk to us as well as, as to how you can support us in the ministry in Columbia through, through your financial giving. So thank you, Naperville, for the ways that you have been supporting us through the years. And we just look forward to continuing to build this partnership. Um, and I'd like to invite my husband to come up now and share a little bit more. Buenos dias. You speak Spanish. I can preach in Spanish now. So that's good. I feel much better. Uh, my wife and I are living right now in Minnesota. So I'm going to be preaching in Minnesotan accents. So if you don't understand, it's because of that. I'm going to use my Colombian accent. Because I'm Colombian, so uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna I wanna show you something. Can I uh, next one? I want you to see this uh, slide over there, this picture, and think some words that come to your mind when you see this. Uh, and I wanna hear some of the things that come to your mind when you see this picture over there. What? All inclusive. What else? They got a message? Okay, togetherness. Mm -hmm. What else? Mm -hmm. Sharing. Mm -hmm. Unity. Mm -hmm. What? Happy. Mm -hmm. What? Family. Mm -hmm. What else? Love. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, the next one. Can you show the next one? What is this? Church? Can you show the, 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 uh, the, the first one too? Uh, again, again. The first one. Can you say again, what is this? Can you, is not the church this one? Okay, can you show the next one? The first one to come to your mind when I show this one, would you say church, sir? So I want to try to tell you that the first one is the church, that this one is not the church. The first one is the, the church, okay? Uh, we just read in the book of Acts uh, a passage that is very powerful for me. And <clears throat> when we were invited to serve uh, in Colombia as some missionaries, uh, we were invited to serve in two major areas. One was leadership training, and the other one was called church planting. And I was trying to understand what is the meaning of uh, planting a church. Uh, uh, how do you plant a church? And that was my question. So I've been trying to understand that and try to see in the Bible uh, what was the church in the Bible. Uh, how was the first church? How were uh, the way the first Christians were living? So uh, I want to pray first, and I would like to do that in Spanish because it's the language of my heart. Uh, and God listen better when I, speak in, when I pray in Spanish. No, that's kidding. 
Señor, gracias por tu amor y tu misericordia. Gracias por, por estar con nosotros. En esta mañana eh, es tu palabra que es viva, que es eficaz, que penetra hasta lo más profundo de nuestro ser y que no soy digno de compartirla, pero por tu amor y tu misericordia es posible hacerlo. Entonces te pido que, que me des sabiduría en esta mañana para hacerlo y pido que hables a, a mis hermanos en esta mañana por tu palabra. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. En el libro de Actos, Uh, a lot of things are, are happening and one of the things that is happening is the Holy Spirit has come and a lot of miracles are happening and Peter preached a very good sermon uh, such a good sermon that 3,000 people became follow of Jesus Christ you can imagine that it was an amazing sermon and 3,000 people became follow of Christ and they began to live the Christian life And in Acts 2, the text that we just read, you see how they are living the Christian life. And the first thing that you see in that text is that they are, uh, they are devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. They are devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. And looking at that text, I asked the question, what was the apostles' teaching at that time? What were they teaching about? Uh, and... What I see is that at that moment, the only thing that they have was uh, the time that they spent with Christ. Uh, they didn't have the Bible like us. They had uh, the Old Testament and big roles, and, but they memorized a lot. So they knew uh, the stories of the Old Testament. Uh, but the other thing that they had was the time that they spent with Jesus Christ. So what, what were they teaching about? The first thing that I can imagine is they were teaching about Jesus Christ was the one who was promised in the Old Testament. And the one who became to do what was promised in the Old Testament. That's what I think that they were teaching about. I think they were teaching about what Jesus did. Uh, uh, and I can imagine uh, one of them telling the stories about how Jesus acted and lived his life. And I can imagine one of them saying that one time they were going to a city called Jericho and a small guy was in a tree trying to look at Jesus. Uh, and that guy, nobody loved him because he was a tax collector. And he was in a tree trying to look at Jesus and Jesus saw him and called him. And he came down very quickly. And nobody liked him because... Everyone was looking weird, like, how, is, how come the Jesus is inviting this guy to be with him? Uh, and this guy met Jesus in a way that Jesus didn't ask him to do anything, but he changed his life right away. Because his promise to help everyone he have take money from, and he, hope, he promised to give his money to everyone who needed, something happened in his life. And I imagine that they were also telling other stories, like a woman was sick and came to Jesus and Jesus healed her. I can imagine that some sick people came to Jesus and Jesus healed them. I can imagine them tell the stories that people who nobody wanted to came to Jesus and Jesus loved them. I can imagine them tell those stories. I can imagine them tell the stories how Jesus loved people, how Jesus did all great things. 
but also how Jesus was uh, was willing to die for them, for their friends, and how he came alive again for their friends. I imagine them telling those stories. I can say that that was they were teachings, what Jesus did, what Jesus lived, uh, and what Jesus did for them. That was their teachings. The second thing that you see in this text is uh, uh, fellowship. Uh, in Spanish, we have a word called community or comunidad. Uh, the meaning of that word, in, in English, they say fellowship. Uh, I don't know exactly what is the meaning in English, but in Spanish, comunidad or community means uh, even though we are very different, even though we are from different race, different color, even though we have different language, even though we uh, don't think the same way, we can be together because we have something in common. Amen. And that, that we have in common is Jesus Christ in our lives. That's the word community and common, something in commun- common. Uh, and they were doing that. They were living as a community. Uh, and no, they, they were not living as a community because they were, uh, they like each other, because they were like uh, good friends. No, it's because the Holy Spirit was in the middle of them. And because Christ was with them. That was, they were living like that. The third thing that you see here is uh, breaking the bread. Breaking the bread, it was not only uh, eating uh, the communion. It was not just doing that, but it's something deeper than that. Breaking the bread was going to spend time with other people and have meal together, but it's not just eating together. It was sharing what they have with other people, sharing everything they have with other people. If it's no, if it's somebody in the group didn't have anything, they would share that with them. And other texts in Acts, you find that they say nobody will have, nobody needed anything because if somebody needs something, somebody would come and give it to them. Sharing the bread was sharing their life with other people. Sharing the bread was sharing just uh, their life with other people, not only meal. Uh, and in that culture. Sharing the bread was telling the people, you, I want to be your friend. I want to be with you. Sharing the bread was something very important. And the third thing that they, do, they did was prayer. Um, when you read the book of Acts, I know that you, are, you have been reading the New Testament together. When you read the book of Acts, if you come put and read where the word pray appears, you will see there is a lot of them everywhere. Paul is asking all the time, please pray for me. And the church is asking, praying for us. Uh, praying for us. And something that you find in the Bible is when people talk about pray uh, or prayer, they don't talk about individual prayer. It's something in community and in uh, comunidad. In Colombia, uh, we have a, something now that happens is in the churches when people in leading uh is singing, uh, they use the word I a lot. For example, I come to you, I come to worship, 
I come to adore you. I come to uh, give my life to you. And I'm trying to tell or to see in the Bible, when you find the Bible, they don't use the word I so much. They use the word we. Because when we come to worship God, we don't come as an I. We come as a we to worship God. Sometimes some people say, okay, uh, close your eye and forgive of your brother who is next to you. And I say, that's not possible. When you come to the church, you don't do that. You come to the church together as a community. Together. You cannot just uh, put him aside. Because it's your brother. You come as a community. So I'm trying to encourage people to change the word I for we. We come to worship. We come to adore you. We We can use I when I'm at home alone with the Lord. Because you see in the Bible... Jesus talked a lot about that. When you pray, don't do that. Allow you come to the highest place and you pray and you do that. And, and it's room for that. But we, when we come here, when we come to, as a community, we come as a we, not as an I. Looking at this text and the history of the church, you see in the text that it says that the Lord had... Uh, to their number daily, those who were being saved. How come the Lord did it? Uh, it's because the way that they were living the Christian life, the way they were living the Christian life was so powerful. The people wants to be part of that group. It was so good to be part of that group that people wants to come. was attractive to the people. And people want to be part of that group. They were living in a way that the society, society that's a different word for me to say in, in English, uh, were impact. There is a story, uh, there's another word that is hard for me to say. Plague? Plague. Yeah, there is a story that uh, about 100 years after Christ died, there was a, was a big plague um, uh, in the country where the Christians were living, and a lot of people left the cities because of that, because if you would touch somebody who was sick, you would die. And what Christians did, they didn't uh, get out of the city. They stayed in the city, and they were willing to take people who were sick and invite them to their home, knowing that they will die because of that. And they were willing to take people, even though those people were not Christian, to take their and their home and willing to die with them just because uh, they were willing to share God's love with them. And that impacted the culture where they were living. And that's why people wanted to be part of the Christian church. And something that happened to, they didn't have a building like this. They didn't have a uh, uh, place t- uh, to get together. They used houses to get together, uh, to worship the Lord. They even don't have like good instrument, good music. They didn't have that. Uh, they just got together to spend time together, to live the Christian life together. 
In Colombia, uh, we are working with a group uh, called Student and Young Professional. Um, we are trying to to plant a church. And, and the way that we are trying to do that is to spend time with them in, home, in houses uh, and to try to do these three things, uh, to pray together, to study the Bible together, and to do a community together. Uh, it lived as a community and try to live the Christian life in this way. Uh, but it's not easy because in our minds, in our heart, when we talk about church, we have to look at this building. And that's the church where we go to. Uh, let's go to the church. And when we think about church, we usually think about this building. That's what I show you, the pictures. And I, I was expecting you to say the first thing. and say, oh, this is the church. Uh, uh, nobody, say, nobody say that. Uh, when, but when I show the second picture, people will say, this is the church. Because it's in our mind, it's in our heart. This is the church. But our church is something deeper than that. Our church is something deeper than that. Uh, church is something deeper than that. And the church is called not only to live in this way, but to show uh, people who don't know Christ how to live the Christian life in a way that people will be attracted to them. I want to see a church that not only tell people that God love them. Uh, and sometimes you have in your car, Jesus love you. Or God love you. Uh, I remember uh, hearing a story of a woman uh, who had a difficult past. Uh, uh, she was abused. Uh, uh, she was thrown out of her house. Uh, she was suffering a lot. Sometimes she didn't have to eat. Uh, and it was difficult for her. Uh, and a Christian guy ca- came to her and told her that God loved her. Uh, he said, Jesus loves you. And she said, are you sure that he loved me? Can you see my past? Can you see my life? Can you say the way that I'm living? Are you sure that he loved me? And he didn't uh, have anything to say. Uh, because God's... Uh, not only call us to tell people that God loves them, but God calls us to show people how God loves them. It's easy to tell people that God loves them. But God doesn't just tell us to do that. God's told to share and to tell people with our life how God loves them. How God loves you. Uh, and that was the Christian were doing that. They was they were not just telling them uh, other people that God loved them, but they were showing with their life how God loved them. That's our call. That's our call. When I preach this message, I always ask a question for the church for you. What would happen if one day this community disappeared from here, from Naperville? What would say the neighbors? What they would say? They would say, oh, thanks God that this church is gone. Yeah. They would say that. Or they would say, oh, so sad that these people uh, have to leave because they were doing so good for the community around them. So sad. We want them to come back because they were changing our community. They were affecting their community. 
Uh, what would they would say? That's my question that I would say. It's a good thing to think about it. What they would say. I'm reading a book. Uh, it's called uh, Living Community. And I found something that is very good. And when I conclude my message with this. And the author said, uh, the church... It's a community of Christians who care for one another, love one another, host one another, receive one another, honor one another, serve one another, instruct one another, forgive one another, motivate one another, build peace with one another, encourage one another, comfort one another, pray for one another, confess sin to one another, esteem one another, edify one another, teach one another, show kindness to one another, give to one another, rejoice with one another, weep with one another, hurt with one another, and restore with one another. That's the church. That's the church. That's the church in the New Testament. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's the church that we are called to be. Are we this kind of church? I hope we are this kind of church. I hope the Naperville is this kind of church. Because if we are that church, we are impacting our society. And we have to do that because the people who are not Christian, who don't know God, uh, the only way they can know God is through us. The only way they can see the kingdom of God is through us because we are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? God bless you. So I was hesitant to share this story until Julio just said this, but I wanted you to know that you were the kingdom of God this week to a woman who has two children that um, had been told she might not get to keep them if she didn't clothe them. And so I uh, sent an email and I said, I think we have a whole bunch of clothes in our back (laughs) fellowship hall. And so we have clothed two little girls, but more importantly, we have kept a family together. And I wanted you to know that you all did that Mm -hmm. this week. And we get those kind of requests every once in a while, and um, we could fulfill it very easily um, by digging through some bags in the back. So you're making a kingdom difference to someone who may or may not know Jesus Christ. Got to meet her, but um, just told her that Jesus loved her. And uh, she called the next day weeping because her kids were joyfully trying on way too many clothes um, that had been gifted to them. Lord Jesus Christ, you have now fed us with your spiritual food. May we be different and changed and transformed this morning as we think about what it means to truly be church. May we be new people who are doing more than just the once-a-month breaking bread together, but a people of God who gather with one another, breaking the bread, 
eating and going deep in relationship with you and with others. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.